All right, so you've decided you need to move to a music city. LA, Nashville, you're not sure. You just know you have to go. Wouldn't it be great to hear from someone that's made the move to both LA and Nashville? Get ideas and start to prepare yourself for things that you might have to do? Well, you're in luck because this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 23. I'm Mike Myers, and this week we have my friend Tom Pino. Now, Tom has made that move once to L.A. and then most recently to Nashville, and he's gone full-time doing music. We're going to talk about when you know you are ready to take that jump where you ditch the 9 to 5 and you actually start doing music all the time and you make money from it. So this is an episode that you don't want to miss, especially if you're interested in moving to one of these cities. So let's jump into it. Episode number 23, Tom Pino. Thanks for having me, bro. It's like, I feel very flattered. <laughs> Dude, no, no. I love your story because I feel like this is something that people often think, especially when you're a songwriter. You're not just a songwriter automatically. You're a songwriter that's doing another job. That's right. your nine to five. And then in the in-between hours, you're songwriting. And you always have this kind of like daydream while you're doing your day job of, what if I just quit my job? <laughs> and if I just do this instead, and then I'm going to move to insert the music city that you move to. And totally. then you're like, and that's where I'm going to do it. So, but for you, that was the thing that you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those like crazy people that actually does it. <laughs> but, you know, I've known you as, you know, we, we talked about like, you know, similar stories in the band life because you did the band thing. Yeah. And then eventually. So, you know, once the band ended, was it just like, were you the primary songwriter too in your band pretty much like for the, yeah. the majority of what you were doing? Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm from New York City originally and um, was in a band called Ghosts of Eden for like, uh, God, I don't know. They'll probably kill me for not even knowing, but like seven, like seven years or so. And yeah, I was writing the song, singing, playing guitar. And then, yeah, like, you know, we, we broke up and, you know, cause I, I just, I, I knew I wanted to do something different. I think, you know, like, like a lot of bands, you get some opportunities and, you know, things stall a little bit and then, you know, you get a couple opportunities and like maybe one doesn't work out. And like that back and forth was just like taking a toll on me a little bit. And I just didn't really want to do the band thing anymore. So I juggled that with with a day job when i wasn't touring uh like working in like advertising like digital stuff like nerdy computer shit <laughs> and uh <laughs> and um and i was like man i need to change and you know i was like in a serious relationship at the time too and like you know me and my girlfriend at the time broke up and so i was like okay between the three people in the band and this girl like the four people i spend 99.99 percent of my time with are like relatively no longer in my life. I mean, the guys in my band were still friends, but you know what I mean? Like you've been in a band, like you're literally, you basically live with each other for the most part. When you're in a band, it's just, it is like a marriage. It's just yeah. like, and if you're touring too, you're just like, I, I see them in every single literally. aspect, <laughs> every, you know, when they wake up and what they do and all their mannerisms. I, I know. Totally. It's like having four girlfriends. Yeah. So it's like, Oh my God. Like, and I was like, man, I just need to do something different. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just, at the time, frankly, like I thought music was just over. Like, I was like, well, 
I don't know what I could do anymore. Like, I didn't really want to like go be like a solo artist. Like production, I was like mildly interested in it, but not enough to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go be a producer. So oddly enough, like my produce, my band's producer at the time was the one who kind of like put the idea of like songwriting in my head because he was like, dude, you write really like catchy melodies. He's like, I think like if you shift from writing rock songs to learning how to write commercial music, I think you could you potentially have something here. So I was like, all right, cool. I don't know what that means. But uh, like, <laughs> I, uh, I basically like found like a couple of like songwriting workshops in, in Manhattan. And I started like working with a couple of people and just, I remember like the best advice someone ever gave me, like this guy I took like a, like a workshop with him. And he was like, if you really want to be a songwriter, like really be a songwriter. He's like, from this day forward, <laughs> this, this is like saying to a guy who just left a hard rock band. It was, <laughs> he's like, listen to nothing else other than top 40 pop and top 20 country. And I was like, wow, this is a really tall order. <laughs> but, but, but I, it, what that ultimately did is make me really find an appreciation for the craft of songwriting. By Which is super that. interesting to me because like when you're talking about like, you know, when you thought music was over, I think a lot of people, you know, there's like a certain template that you're given, like, oh, this is how you make it in music. And I think totally. I was kind of in that same. And there's a lot of people where it's like, oh, it's a band. This is the only way yeah. it can happen. And if it runs out of steam, well, that's it. You you're missed done. your opportunity. The, the door closed. And then when you're in that world, and especially if you're in that rock kind of punk or whatever, hardcore, and then suddenly somebody says like, hey, top 40. And then you're just like, um... Hmm? Yeah, I just spent the last 10 years of my life trying to do the opposite of that on purpose, <laughs> nonetheless, you know, and like, but growing up, it was interesting because growing up, I loved like the 80s and new wave. So I'm like, well, I'm like, pop is in my veins. Like, I just didn't really realize it because you're this like, you know, punk like rock person and you just kind of like, you know, fall in love with like the, the artistic side of things and like just wanting to be different. But I was like, yeah, I mean, the reason why people even listen to my band songs is because they're catchy. I'm like, I'm already doing it. I just didn't realize I was doing it. And what I needed was craft. And that's what I didn't have. Yeah. And so, um, you know, for me, I was it was like a nice wake-up call because, you know, I, I was like, oh, I could do this. But then when you really start listening to songs and start, like, working with someone who's, like, teaching you different things, you're like, man, like, writing for your rock band is literally, like, learning Japanese versus you know, pop and country, which is like going to learn Italian. Like they're not even the same thing, like at all. And I, and I think like a lot of people, you know, growing up with like, you know, other like punk bands, and stuff, they're like, oh, pop songs are so easy to write. It's just the same three chords and like really simple melodies. And I'm like, good luck, bro. Cause it is, <laughs> it is really challenging. And I had like, I started to like, just find so much more respect for people who are you know, crafting these massive pop hits and massive like country like hit songs. I was just like, wow, this is like, like the way I kind of like started to compare it to was like, like video games almost. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're a kid and you're playing, I don't know, Super Mario Brothers or, or whatever the hell people play, like, and you discover this new level, you get so excited about it, right? <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I like fell into that like pipe and now there's this whole other level I can do a bunch of shit in. That's kind of how I felt like when I started writing pop and country, I was just like, Oh my God, there's all this other stuff I can learn and do and challenge myself with and become like better at. And so that like ignited this like fire in me for, for songwriting. So that was like, kind of like what made me like fall in love with music again, 
Which is interesting because it's analyze it when you analyze a song too and you really break it apart and really not like surface level listen, but like listen to the intricacies of what's happening. You're like, fuck, that's why it's a really good song. I got it now. Okay. Yeah. And then you start to see some of these, how it flows into others. And you're like, they're doing that too. Oh, and then it's like your brain's lighting up and like, I think I'm seeing some patterns. Dude, totally. And like, and like, I am a very analytical person. So like, if I just like, I nerd out on stuff like that, like seeing patterns, like amongst things, it's like a weird thing to be like nerdy about, but like, I love shit like that. And so like, I was like, this is so cool. Like it was like doing math problems, which sounds so weird, but like writing pop songs became literally like, I would equate, like I used to like equate it to, I still kind of do like, like like solving like a math problem or like a weird SAT problem for people who even know what an SAT is anymore. But like, um, <laughs> so like I was like, man, okay, like I have like this newfound love, but I don't know what to do with it. Like literally I had no idea. And so a couple of people told me to move to Nashville and I was like, well, you know, this is five years ago and I didn't really know much about country yet. And so like I went and visited, I loved it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm like, there yet and then i went to yeah. la visited la met a few people and i was just like well it seems like there's at least a bunch of different things going out here like maybe i can find my place out here so that's ultimately when i did i moved to la and i still had like a day job because i was still like trying to figure out like i don't know what to do um you know i'd play some shows on my own try to meet people i would like go to a bunch of shows trying to meet like musicians and stuff and it wasn't exactly like the same um like that worked for me in New York, but I realized like the approach in LA is, is a little bit different. <laughs> so, um, which maybe it's always another- interesting. Yeah. It's always interesting kind of like trying to, you know, go from the band aspect of where it was like networking and being like, Hey man, let's, let's play a show. And you know, here's my car and here's my space page. And then suddenly go to just like, okay, so I got a network as a songwriter. I'm a songwriter and I write songs and we should write. And I realized like, you know, sometimes in the approach probably I wasn't that good because it was like, okay, so what's my strength? Totally. And you know, totally. And also if you go up to a band, like, Hey, we should write sometime. I never got this reply, but in their head, they're probably like, wait, I think we could write our own fucking songs. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean? It's like, so, you know, that didn't work. And I was like, man, like, I I don't really know what to do here. So I kind of was just done. Like, it's a weird story. But like, I kind of just like, you know, I don't want to say gave up. But I was like, well, oh, maybe my instinct was right. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore. So after just like playing music for so long, and not really ever having a life, I kind of just spent a year in LA just doing me just like trying new things, going to places, playing football on the beach. Like, I'm like, I haven't played sports since I was like 16. So I just kind of did stuff, but it was good because it kind of like gave me this like new, like sort of like a whole lot more stuff to like write about later on. And ultimately what that actually did for me too is like help me meet a lot of people. And so like through there, just wind up meeting a lot of people. And I'm big on like, I'm really big on synchronicities and serendipity and stuff like that. And so, you know, through me, through one person, I met this other person through that person. I met this other person through that person. What I ultimately ended up doing is having a beer with this producer randomly, just cause I asked a friend of a friend, like, Hey, you know, I like trying to write, but I don't know who to talk to. Like, how do I do this shit? And she was like, actually, I got a producer buddy who might just be able to give you some tips. I'm like, all right, cool. So me and him met up 
And uh, his name's uh, Apu Krishnan. He's a dope producer. He actually like does a lot of K-pop stuff now. And he's like blowing up in that world. And he's a good buddy of mine now. Uh, we like had a beer and like hit it off just talking about like growing up listening to Metallica. But he was like um, a pop producer. And so he was just like, you know what? Like I'm working with a buddy who's got like this pop country project. You know, why don't you just like come help us like write this song? And I'm like, all right, cool, dope. So that's kind of how I started. Like I just eventually, you know, from just doing me and just trying to like follow life and follow that path, that string that is like, you know, tugging you along, but like asking questions along the way, eventually like made some friends with people who were working on a project. And so by working on a pop country project, what that forced me to do is like go home and listen to a bunch of country all the time, which was probably the one thing I was avoiding when that guy told me, listen to country because i never grew up on it and i was like i leaned toward the pop stuff but then i fell in love with this whole new wave of like country stuff that was coming out like uh because like i love hip-hop and all that stuff so like you know listening to like sam hunt and like you know who's heavily hip-hop influence and like florida georgia line and like those rhythms and melodies i was like man this is dope i'm like i could do that shit in country i didn't know that you know so I mean, it's the same when like somebody was like kane brown and i was like i was like who and i was like well shit yeah. i was like okay and you know especially that that period of time that you said for like a year you just stopped yeah i was it's interesting because bonnie baker said the same thing there was like this two-year period where she was like signed to a publisher for the longest time and then she wasn't for two years and it was a two-year of like i don't know and she just kind of did some stuff and just kind of followed what she wanted to do and just like realized what's next will evolve. And you just kind of like, yeah, you kind of did the same thing. And it's, and it's funny how you said it, like this led to this, which led to this, which led to him. You don't really question it. You just kind of have to go with the flow. Really? And I think some people are just against that sometimes. They're like, no, it's got to look like this. And that's why they end up just <laughs> having a Dude, heart attack honestly, at like 40 and freaking out. Yeah, no, you're so you're so right. Like I watched – so I don't listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, but like I'll watch his taped like YouTube videos of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like I'm a big like Marvel fan stuff like that. So like he had Robert Downey Jr. on and – Robert Downey Jr. just said something that just like really struck me because I, I do feel the same way too. Like, you know, because he had like some trouble in the past and Joe Rogan was like, you know, what do you attribute to, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exact words, but something along the lines of like, what do you attribute to, you know, success or whatever. And he was like, one, don't get in your own way. And two, he's like, I really genuinely feel like there's this string, this like really, really thin, like invisible string, kind of like pulling us where we should be going all the time. And if we just gently let it do its job and follow it, it'll take us to exactly what we like want to be doing and like all the things that, you know, will you know bring us joy and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man, I totally believe in that, you know, like just going with the flow and sort of following your, you know, I'm, I, I believe in following your intuition. You know, I feel like that's helped me a lot, even even if it took me like five years to listen to it, you know, like there's like the move to LA was something I thought about for years, but I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But it was always that voice in my gut saying, I think you should do this. And then eventually listening to it, I'm like, Oh, it's the best decision I ever made. And I feel like anytime I've ultimately listened to my intuition, even if it was, even if it was like kind of freaky or scary, whether I didn't notice it at the time, a year later, or even a couple months later, I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. You were with the producer kind of doing on this country pop project. Yeah. And so he kind of brought you in. 
Yeah, so you know, started working on that, which was dope because that opened my eyes to like a whole new like genre too. Which and and country writers, oh my god, they're just geniuses, especially like especially on the lyric front. So I was like, man, I feel like I need to like now that I'm doing a little bit of this country thing, I feel like I need to like make a trip to Nashville. So I, this is now, man, I don't even know how many years ago, probably like three or four years ago. I just made, yeah, probably three years ago. I made like a a trip out out here. With no intent of anything other than just like going to like I had one friend from New York who who lived here and our bands used to tour together. So I was like, I knew I had someone to hang out with. But it was really like, let me just go vibe with the town, go to a bunch of shows, see if like hear the music, see like what's going on, maybe just talk to some people. You know, a little bit of no intention other than just kind of get a feel for it. And it was great. I went to like a bunch of shows, met a bunch of people. It was so easy to just meet people and feel like welcome. And I'm like, this was very different than my previous couple of years in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, maybe I want to live here, you know, like just the vibe and the energy, maybe just feel happier. Like, um, I'm like, well, this is interesting. So it kind of planted this weird seed in my head. And then I went back to LA and then would write a little bit more with people. And through there I started like going to like some events, you know, that I would like discover, you know, or like songwriting things and workshops and stuff out there. And that started to finally like open some doors to like some people who were willing to collaborate. And and I feel like early on, it's just write as many songs with as many people as possible. And I feel like you'll hear a lot of people say that when they first start, it's like, I just want to try to write like four or 500 songs in a year, just (laughs) to get like the muscle memory, like out and just write with as many people and as many genres and just to like feel out like what can I do what am I good at what do I need to get better at like what am I good at that if I focus on I'll be great at you know just like all those type of things I started asking myself and that helped and that helped a lot and in that same time I would start making these trips more regularly out here to Nashville like like every three months I would do like five or six days and I honestly I never wrote I like never wrote once I did like five I did like five or six trips I don't think I wrote one song in Nashville Cause like my thing was like, I just wanted to come out here and just feel like I live here, just go to shows and meet people. And I'm like, no one asked me to write either. So I was just like, it's not like I was like, <laughs> which part of me was like, why did they ask me to write? But, um, <laughs> you know, but like that, that wasn't the goal. The goal was like, I think subconsciously I was trying to plant seeds to, so that I can move here and not feel like I don't know anyone. So well, I was it's like, also too, like, what is the definition of success to you oh. when you make a trip? And it's like, for some people, they think, oh, success is me writing a song, but success could also be you're just continually making relationships and you follow up and you totally. go back and you go back and you go back and you go back. And then suddenly that's when people are like, oh, so-and-so's here a lot. Dude. Let's, let's do something. And that ends up cultivating something more sustaining and uh, and lasting than sort of like a a shakedown right, which doesn't really do that much. Yeah. And I have no interest in that kind of shit anyway. You know, it's like, I want like relationships. I want to like work with people for like 40 years. And and honestly, you're one of the ones who gave me that advice. You're like, dude, just go, just go <laughs> meet people. And like, I, I took it to heart and I did it. And it was honestly the best thing I ever could have done. Cause I see some people who go and they book themselves up with rights and like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would say like anyone who's listening, like who does want to do the Nashville thing. Like I would highly recommend, like if you're going to go to Nashville, don't write with the same people you can write with over zoom. Cause I notice a lot of people make those trips and then they're writing with people, but they already do write with those people when they're home. And I'm like, well, 
that's fine. Not like, you know, but I, I would recommend not doing that because you already can write with them elsewhere. So like use that three or four hour block to just go to a show, you know, or just walk around somewhere or hell, just like be a tourist and go to a museum and just like take in like the natural culture. But like, you, you know, if you can write with those people already, just do it on zoom. You know what I mean? Like get a beer with that person instead, like build the relationship, you know, on a more personal level, you know, if you want to like spend time with them. Absolutely. Do things you can't do via zoom. So that means like go hang out with them, go get lunch because that is just as important as a right. And, and sometimes it's more important because you're cult again, cultivating that, relationship that you would do with totally. a friend back at home. Yeah. I mean, even just like <laughs> in hindsight, I'm like, I'm so grateful for my old life. Like as with like my nine to five job thing, actually we can, we'll, we'll get to that. So, yeah. so I did all these trips and shit and like, and it was great and I'm glad I did it. And it made me like really, really fall in love with the city of Nashville more and more to where I was like, I really loved LA, but I was like doing all these like pros and cons thing. And I'm like, you know, I just think there's, more opportunity for me in Nashville. And we, you and I had talked about that, you know, a bunch of times, like, I just feel like the things that were moving a little bit more for me, like, you know, just everything seemed to be happening here. And I'm like, well, why am I going to be constantly traveling to a place where it seems like things are happening for me more and then live out here where I have to pay like significantly more money when I could just do the opposite, live there and then maybe come out here every now and then. And and that's sort of what like ultimately made me go, I, I think I need to do this. But then, of course the J the day job thing like pops in your head. And like, I would known for a long time, I always wanted to just stop the balancing act of like the nine to five thing. And like the music thing, because what started to happen is like, you know, back in LA, you start meet more people and they're like, Hey, you know, can you like come right with us at like Wednesday at noon? And I'm like, nah, bro, I got a fucking <laughs> job. Like, <laughs> like I can't be at a studio at Wednesday at noon. Like, and, but I realized I'm like, man, even if I want to move to Nashville, I'm like, that's when shit's happening. Like, cause everyone treats it more so in Nashville than in LA. I feel like sometimes in LA people don't even start doing shit till like 10 o'clock at night, but even more so, like I can't write from 10 to 4am cause I have to wake up at six to go to work. So I was like, this is a bit of a predicament. So. And you were doing marketing still out in LA, right? Yeah, it was like digital advertising stuff. Uh, and yeah, I was still I was doing it out there. And then like, luckily, like in that world, you get a lot of vacation time. So that that helped a lot. And like, you know, flexible schedule kind of helped every now and then like working from home, like, you know, so you could juggle things and make things work a little bit, but it was exhausting. And also just started to make me realize I actually really love this writing thing more so than I love being in a band. And I'm like, and I really love that. <laughs> like, you know, at least at the time I was like, I feel like I'm in this weird predicament. I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to do this as a hobby. I want to do this as a profession. So I saved as much money as a human being possibly can. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess like even just to throw another variable in, like I actually started working with like a life coach. And this is like an interesting thing because this dude was like, we were talking and honestly it felt like therapy and he was like every time we talk he'd give me all these things like fill out and we talk and he'd be like in my head i was like maybe i just need to move my career into the music industry i think that's what i thought i wanted and every time we'd meet up he'd be like dude sure you don't want to just quit this shit and just go be a fucking writer and i'm like nah man nah that's like too crazy too risky and then we meet up and i do more forms and fill out all this shit and have more conversations and the same thing would happen, be like 
you sure you don't want to just not be doing this nine to five life anymore? He's like, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then after like three, four, three, four more times of that, he was like, he's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know what you want to do. He's like, you're just afraid. So I'm going to just leave it up to you for now. And, and he was right. Like it was just fear and, you know, to come full circle of like, you know, what you were talking about. It's like, it is a terrifying thing when you have some sort of comfort and consistent income and you're able to not worry about anything. Like you're never worrying about like how to make rent. You're never worrying about like, you know, paying your car insurance or like, you know, you, it's, you know, it's a, it's a luxury and, and a privilege. And I was very grateful for it, but there was also this part of me really deep down. I felt like I was doing that life. So that way I would be able to save the money to do this life. I feel like that was its purpose. So I look at it like that now, as opposed to, oh man, I wasted all this time doing the shit I don't want to do. Because if I didn't do that, man, I don't know how the fuck I would have been able to like do what I'm doing now. I, re- I really don't. And so, <laughs> it kind of gave you that cushion and that uh, that launching point to then go do the thing. Yeah. And it's interesting you talk about like, you know, I view jobs and things that I've done in the past. It was always like half where I'd be like, it gave me a cushion, but also too, if I'm thinking it's, giving me support or comfort or it's fearful of taking the next step. It's really the thing is kind of like, you know, I could get fired at any moment. Totally. Like I could be let go. It's a very false sense of security. So the thing that seems risky is not that risky because the thing you're doing is already risky. So you're already, you've already been living on the edge because, you know, things happen. So I think when people are having that struggle, sometimes it's like, yes, to do it wisely. And, you know, there's a book, uh, Real Artists Don't Starve, but that I love. And he talks about like making that transition. Like, I think it was um, John Grisham. He wrote a book for a year, year, two years, tried to submit. He was still working in a law firm, didn't get picked up. And he was like, okay, well, I'll just do it again while still working his job. Then it got signed by, uh, it was New York Times bestseller's second one. He was like, cool, now I can quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, dude, that's, that's a real thing, man. Like, cause it, like, I definitely, you know, I've had some people ask me, like, I want to quit my job and stuff like that. And first thing I tell them, I was like, just save, save six months of living expenses. Like you can go get a job or whatever, but like, if you can, if you want to like quit, like I do think, I mean, some people might tell you opposite and that's, that's fine. Like I, I think there is a benefit to like being able to live without the nine to five job for a little bit. So you can like go hard early if that's what you want to do, like literally like quit mm-hmm. and then go do it, you know? So I definitely recommend like trying to save like six months of, of living expenses, at least close to it, just so you can just go do it. You, you bring up a really good point. Like I watched like some um, speech that like Jim Carrey gave, I guess, like at his like old college or some shit. And like, he was like talking about his dad and, and how he said something very similar to you. He's like, you know, my dad wanted to be a comedian. He's like, but he like he had this job, but he got fired. He's like, so he's like, you could fail doing what you hate. So you might as well fail doing what you love. And I was like, wow, that's such a, I never heard anyone word it like that before. And that was really inspiring, you know? So two plus years ago, like probably two, yeah, two years and a couple months, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I just quit. <laughs> I literally, like, literally, I was just like, I mean, it was thought out, but yeah. I didn't know the day I was going to do it, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. Like, I, but I woke up that day and I went in and to my job and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. I just, I just knew the second I got there and that was the day. And I put in my notice and I was done. And I think I, you know, stayed there like another like two or three weeks like you do. And then literally my last day on that, like the day after my last day at that job, I was in Nashville for like two weeks. 
and that time was a little bit different. I was like meeting more people. And I think I, I wrote like a few times and, and that definitely sparked a fire in me of like, I need to be here. And so after that trip in my head, I was like, I'm going to move in March. This is like September of 2018 or some shit. I mean, September, 2019, 18. Oh my God. Wait, no. Yeah, I think I think it was nineteen. Yeah, it was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I quit in eighteen, and then I spent I spent another year just doing the back and forth in LA thing. Then in nineteen, yeah, you're right. Uh, I love how you know my life better than I do. (laughs) And like it's yeah, nineteen. I went down um, and I did like a writer retreat. Met met a bunch of like awesome people. And in my head, I was like, I'm gonna move in March. But that trip was just so great and just like really inspiring. And I was fortunate enough to like find an apartment. And then like when I found this place, they were like, well, we only have one left. This place was great. This place I'm sitting in right now. And they were like, we only have one left and it's available in November. I'm like, man, I think this is a sign. So I was like, fuck March. I'm doing it. And so (laughs) like, and this is so not my personality either, you know, but it was just like this intuition thing pulling harder than it's ever pulled in my life. And so this was this past October. So almost like almost a year ago, I like went back to LA. It's like mid October. And literally three and a half weeks later, I was in my car driving to Nashville, like to move. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and I I got here like in November and I'm in hindsight, I'm really glad I didn't wait till March because I probably wouldn't have done it. You know, COVID and like, we had a really bad tornado here. So like, I'm glad and very grateful that I got here when I did and got to at least like get a little bit of a feel for, you know, what's going on, um, you know, before, you know, all the you know craziness in the, in the world started happening. But that is, yeah, that's, that's sort of like the story of like how I got to where I am. Like, and then the writing thing, like I said, like along the way, just kept doing pop and country and just kept doing more and learning more. And I really love both. So I, I've continued to do both and I kind of juggle them. And then, you know, we met through doing like a lot of like, sink and and like country and stuff like that but yeah like i love doing it all man i like it's hard for me to like pick one thing because i don't want to (laughs) (laughs) well i think because you know the way you described it when you started to get into songwriting you're like cool this is the thing i'm gonna do and he was like just start listening to this and this and when you started on that path you were like I love this too. And I can appreciate it. It's like my, my friend Josh Doyle and I talk about this constantly when they're like, what's your favorite kind of music? And it's like, shit, do I have to pick something? I don't think I can pick anything. It's like, because I remember growing up and saying, this is my thing. You know, it was a very like, it's a very rock punk rock. Yeah. It's just like, fuck, this is what I like. And it's just like, and everything else I was like, it's like, I can't stand mainstream. And I was like, well, actually, in hindsight, Blink-22 and like Newfound Glory was pretty mainstream. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, then I did like mainstream. Yeah, you like mainstream. And yeah, I totally geeked out when I heard like, you know, Kelly Clarkson's Since You've Been Gone, because I was like, damn. Dude, that chorus gone. is killer. That chorus I was like, is so, so good. good. I was like, and so then good. I discovered like the writer and I was like, oh, he's written a lot of like hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and it's i remember you know years ago my old you know band i talked to this one guy who wrote who contacted us via myspace when he was interested in our band but he wrote uh year 3000 but he wrote it for this british band busted that eventually the jonas brothers covered 
And when I talked to him on the phone, he was like, don't start a band. He was like, you just got to write. And I was like, no, 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 no. You got to start a band. He was like, no, 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 no. He was like, you just have to write. He was like, write as much as possible. Yeah. I was like, I think it's starting a band. And I started a band. And then later on, like seven years later, I was like, he was right. He was right. Maybe I should just start writing. But dude, I think it's just, you know, your process and your story of just like how it came, I feel like is it, you know, is super inspiring and helpful for others because I feel there's so many people are in that spot and lots of people listening right now. And they're like, that's me because they have this desire and there's that pull and there's that tug that they feel, but then they pull it back and they go, no, 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 where I'm at right now is good because it's really safe. And it's like, but is it safe? You know, it's the cliche thing. Like when you, you know, if you were to put your head on your pillow at night and be like, this is it, do you feel really good about and being like, hey, even though I didn't get like a hit song, I was loving what I was doing and it was so fucking awesome and I loved every second of it. Or was it like, I wish I did this? Yo, that's so true. Like I like two things on that. Like I, you know, that also pushed me over because like it sounds like, you know, in hindsight, it sounds like I just really wanted to do this so bad and eventually I did it. But like there were a lot of also like deeper reflecting things that, you know, caused me to do it. And like he touched on one, like for a while, like, and I mean years I felt like I, you know, for anyone who knows what this is, like, I felt like I had imposter syndrome, you know, like I've always been an artist and a musician. Like I've always like drawn and been creative and all this other shit. I just so happened to also get good grades, even though I like was more, you know, so it's like, it was was one of those weird catch 22s where it's just like, oh, I could get a good job and make decent money and do the shit I hate. But I would look at myself in a mirror and I'm like, how are you doing this to yourself? And, and that was really, that was really hard to face. And at some point I was like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And then on the, on the flip side, the other thing I kept asking myself was when I'm a hundred and I, I'm not even joking. I would ask myself this shit all the time. I'm like, when I'm a hundred, do I feel like I did like right now, do I feel like I did everything it takes to support my dreams and do the things that I want to be doing with my life. Do I feel like I did everything? And I couldn't say yes. And that was really hard. And I'm big, I'm big on you have to do what makes you happy. You have like literally I'm living proof that making money does not make you happy. Like it definitely makes it definitely is like it's a weird fine line. You need money to do certain things. And I'm well aware of that. And I'm not like downplaying that. And I think many of us are very fortunate and some are less fortunate than others. But once you hit like a certain amount, once you like, it's proven that like once you could pay your bills and like cover your rent, like once you can cover all of your natural monthly expenses, like it's like scientifically proven that like your happiness does not go up after you start making more than that. And that was something that really like struck a chord with me too. Cause like, you know, like right now I'm definitely like, I'm not making the kind of money I was and I'm like, you know, doing different things like, I've never been happier and it's weird. And I don't know what it's going to look like a year from now or two years from now, or what my life's going to look like, but bet your ass that when I'm a hundred, I'm going to be able to say, well, I did everything. And that I'm incredibly grateful for. It's probably every episode that I've recorded so far. I always name drop them, but I feel like Rob Bell talks about exactly what you're saying, where it's just like, the happiness and kind of the contentment and the thing that you're doing, you're a Kai, the thing that you, you pull sometimes is adding a monetary amount to it is not necessarily going to be right. the thing that makes you happy. And it's just like, there's lots of people that make money and they're like, that's great, but they are miserable, miserable. as hell. Miserable. 
And it's just like, sometimes he said, the thing you may be, uh, the feeling the most alive is living in someone's basement, starting the project that you're doing, emptying your bank account and riding your bike because you have no car, but you're on top of the world. Literally, <laughs> literally I've been in that same exact, yeah. Yeah, man. And it's just like, and it's fine. But in the same thing that you made the, you visited and you recognize the importance of not getting the shakedown early and like saying the success was getting the song, getting the song, getting the song, but like, cool, totally. making the relationship, planting the seed, going back, going back, going back, going back. So that when you made the move, people were like, hey, you're here. And you're just like, yeah, I'm yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, because I love people. I like having friends and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't want to like, you know, that was like more important to me than anything. Like actually just like feeling like I have people to do stuff with, you know, and like grow with and learn from and shit like that. And like, I think also part of that was like going to L.A. and not knowing anyone. So I was like, well, I don't want to do that again because like that was hard. Like going literally yeah. like not knowing a freaking soul in L.A., when I moved out there is, is daunting, you know, even for a social person. Like, I feel like there's so many like jokes about like, how the hell do you make friends as an adult? And it's like fucking weird. You know, it's like, <laughs> like people are over it. They're like, I don't need new friends. So like, it's so, it's so true. And then you come here and everyone's like so cool and so welcoming and so nice. And it's just like, yeah, I want to be in that kind of vibe, that kind of environment. I think of the Seinfeld episode where somebody's trying to make friends with Jerry and he was like, listen, I already have four. I don't think I can juggle another <laughs> yeah. one. It's just like, that's pretty much good. But yeah, it's, it's, but your story, I think is fantastic because I think people need to hear this. And I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, so it is possible. Yeah. And when they realize it is because maybe they have people in their life, they're saying quite the opposite, like, no, 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 no. Or they're living in just this false misconception or this myth of this is what success looks like. And if it doesn't fit this template, then I guess it's just not meant to be. But it's like there are other ways to get to the thing that you want to do. Yeah, and, man. You know, when you realize there's more to do in music than just being in a band, totally. oh, the possibilities open up. Dude, this totally, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, you could sing on demos, you can write top lines. There's like, I mean, if you're a good enough instrumental player, you know, you could, you know, get work online or do sessions that, you know, like, they, yeah, there's like an endless amount of things you could do on the note of like other people's, other people's opinions and stuff. I mean, that's something I face too. So it's definitely not like plenty of people were really encouraging, but plenty of people also thought I was fucking crazy. <laughs> you have to like drown that out. You know, because at the end of the day, it's your life, not theirs. And I know that's a cliche statement, but it is true. Like at the end of the day, no one knows what it's like. I don't care how well they think they know who you are. No one knows what it's like to wake up as you and then be in your head the second you open your eyes and either dread what you're go about to go do or to be dreaming about doing something else. Nobody knows what that's like unless they're actually experiencing the same thing. And, and I find most people that are saying it, they may say it's out of love, but usually it's out of fear because they see you being like, I'm going to go do the thing. And the thing they want to do, they're like, ah, I just can't. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's validating for them yeah. to, to tell you not to do it because then it makes them <laughs> feel better about the fact they're not doing it. And it sounds messed up, but that you're right. Like that is partially, you know, even if it's not malicious intent, subconsciously, that's what they're doing. And it's tough, man. It, it is tough hearing you know, especially if there's people in your life who you really do want to support what you're doing and, and it doesn't seem like they do, I still say, you you know, be like, appreciate your concern, but I'm going to do this shit anyway. Because at the end of the day, again, it's your, it's your life. Because that's what I did. You know, there was like, you know, like some people that were like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, have you lost your mind? 
And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> Not gonna lie, maybe. maybe. But uh, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find we're out. Not. Yeah, we're gonna find out shortly. But dude, I, I love this and your story, and I, I think this is fantastic. And thanks for you know bearing your soul and just sharing your journey. I love this, man. Dude, thanks for having me, bro. It's good talking to you too. Just catching up. All right, songwriters, we've got to have a heart-to-heart. Yeah, it's about time. Those chords that you've been using over and over, those strumming patterns, it's time to freshen your songwriting toolbox, and you can't do it alone. You need new things. That's why I've decided I'm going to host a five-day songwriting for guitar boot camp. Now, I'm going to be going live, 4 p.m. Eastern, starting Monday, February 15th. Each day, I'm going to be sharing actionable, bite-sized tips that you can start applying into your songwriting so you can start to attract the kind of co-writers that you want, that you can start tracking the guitar yourself, stop paying other musicians, save that money, actually make money with your songs. We're going to have some awesome special guests, and I'm going to be giving away some amazing prizes. And it isn't just going to be like, oh, Mike gave away a pick. No, I'm going to be giving away a JHS pedal. I'm going to be giving away a subscription to STL Tone Hub. That is something that I use daily in my songwriting. So this is going to be some high quality stuff. All you got to do, just go to songwritingforguitar.com and register. And remember, everything kicks off Monday, February 15th. That does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.